Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to New Heights Educational Group Radio Show. My name is Kaden Behan, your host and a volunteer for New Heights. I just want to apologize. Um, beforehand, I'm a little bit sick, so my voice may sound slightly raspy, but hopefully we won't have too much difficulty in this show. Today's show is going to be on classroom controversy, the debate between evolution and intelligent design. But as always, we have some announcements before we begin the show. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. Dear homeschool and charter school families, the New Heights Educational Group Resource and Literacy Center is offering its bi-weekly enrichment day slash co-op classes that started on Friday, October 11th and are being held from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. These classes are held in the science at the Zion Lutheran Church. Please note that the classes are not religion-based unless families want there to be one. Parents and students are required to participate in these classes and help with the planning of them. Enrichment Day slash Co-op offer offers so far a culinary class, a Dr. Seuss class, science class, and are open to more suggestions for future classes. Students are invited to not only attend, but to also participate in instructing some of the classes. If you're interested in participating, volunteering, or tutoring, please contact us ASAP at newheightseducation at yahoo.com. Visit our website at www.newheightseducation.org or call our number at 419-786-0247. We have some announcements um, as to the awards that we won this year. This year... Excuse me. This year we are excited about our nomination as finalists in the Stevie Award for Women in Business for 2013. The Stevie Award trophy is one of the world's most coveted prizes. Since 2002, the Gold Stevie Award has been conferred for the achievement in business to organizations and individuals in more than 60 nations. Because of the high average scores they received during more than a month of preliminary judging, the following entries have become finalists in the 10th Annual Stevie Awards for Women in Business. Pamela Clark, founder and director, has been nominated under the category of Female Executive of the Year for government or nonprofit organizations for 10 or less employees and is a finalist. New Heights Educational Group has also been nominated as a finalist under the category of Organization of the Year for Government and Nonprofit Organizations with less than 10, with 10 or less employees. This means that independent judges have agreed that these entries are worthy of international recognition 
They will ultimately be named gold, silver, or bronze TV award winners. TV award placements will be determined in the final judging that will begin that began last week. TV award placements will be announced at the 2013 awards dinner in the Marriott Marquis Hotel in New York on Friday, November 8th. It will be closely guarded until then. So far, we won three awards this year. We won the Silver TV um, Award for International Businesses for Company of the Year, the Gold TV Award for American Business Awards Executive of the Year, and the Bronze TV Award for American Businesses of the Year for Company of the Year. We also won two TV awards for Women in Business in 2012, the Silver TV Award for Organization of the Year for Government and Nonprofit Organizations, and the Bronze TV Award for Female Innovator of the Year for Government and Nonprofit Organizations with 10 or less employees. So before we begin our topic of the day, I just want to remind everybody in the audience that you can call in any time at 347-633-9225. That's 347-633-9225 if you want to be a guest on the show or just offer your opinions on anything that we're talking about on the show at any given time. We would love to have you. So today, like I said before, our topic is classroom controversy, the debate between evolution and intelligent design, specifically what should be taught in our schools. And so I'm just going to give a little bit of an introduction that was taken from www.umkc.edu. Um, edu. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. There's a little introduction on the history of this um, topic and issues that have been going on with this topic for throughout our school system for years and years. The conflict between science and religion began well before Charles Darwin published The Origin of Species. The most famous early controversy was the trial of Galileo in 1633 for publishing Dialogue, a book that supported the Copernican theory that the Earth was revolved. The earth revolved around the sun rather than, as the Bible suggests, the other way around, in which all the planets revolve around the earth. Additionally, the so-called Scopes Monkey Trial of 1925 concerning enforcement of a Tennessee statute that prohibited teaching the theory of evolution in public school classrooms was a fascinating courtroom drama featuring Clarence Darrow dealing with three-time presidential candidate William Jennings Bryan. However, entertaining the trial in Dayton, Tennessee was, it did not resolve the question of whether the First Amendment permitted states to ban teaching of a theory that contradicted religious belief. And just a little bit more on the Scopes Monkey trial um, was basically the trial involved was defending whether or not the evolutionary theory could be taught in schools. And it was a very famous trial because William Jennings Bryan, um, who is a very... um, very big supporter of the Bible was using his defense as to why evolution shouldn't be taught was that uh, he believed that everything in the Bible was to be taken literally and unfortunately for him by saying this um, he was called out on a few things in the Bible that perhaps may not be able to be taken literally um, such as someone living in a whale stomach for uh, you know, a few days uh, and things like that. So it was a very big and dramatic court case because William Jennings Bryan usually always won his cases. And at the time, a lot of people were more in support of the teachings of the Bible than evolution. And so when 
William Jennings Bryan was called out on some of his beliefs or just the, the way that he interpreted the Bible, not necessarily his beliefs, but interpreting the Bible liter- literally, um, it raised a lot of issues among um, people in support of the Bible and people against evolutionary theory uh, because of this case, because he was called out on some of the things that he was supporting in the Bible um, as to be literal. And so it was a very dramatic and very interesting case, and I think it's taught a lot in uh, high school history, and so hopefully many of you are familiar with that um, that case. But unfortunately, like the, the article said, it didn't really resolve whether or not evolution could be taught in the in the public school system in Tennessee. So it wasn't until 1968 that the Supreme Court ruled um, in Epperson versus Arkansas that such bans contravene the establishment cause because their primary purpose is religious. The court used the same rationale in 1987 in Edwards versus Allegard to strike down a Louisiana law that required biology teachers who taught the theory of evolution to also discuss evidence supporting the theory called creation science. And the controversy continues in new forms today. In 1999, for example, the Kansas Board of Education voted to remove evolution from the list of subjects tested on state standardized tests. In effect, encouraging local school boards to consider dropping or de-emphasizing evolution. In 2000, Kansas voters responded to the proposed change by throwing out enough anti-evolution board members to restore the old science standards, but by 2004, a new conservative school board majority was proposing that intelligent design be discussed in science classes. In 2006, the Kansas tug of war continued and with pro-evolution moderates again retaking control of the board. In 2005, attention shifted to Dover, Pennsylvania, where a local school board voted to require teachers to read a statement about intelligent design prior to the discussion of evolution in high school biology classes. Eleven parents of the Dover students challenged the school board decision, arguing that it violated the establishment clause. After a six-week trial, the U.S. District Judge John E. Jones issued a 139-page findings of fact and decision in which he ruled that the Dover mandate was unconstitutional. Judge Jones' decision was surprisingly broad. He concluded that ID, um, which is intelligent design, is not a science, but rather is a religious theory that had no place in in the science classroom. Jones found three reasons for the conclusion that intelligent design was a religious and not scientific theory. First, he found that it violated the self-imposed convention of scientific method by relying upon a supernatural explanation of natural phenomenon rather than the approach favored in science, which is testability. Second, (laughs) sorry, um, intelligent design is based on the same contrived dualism as creation science, namely a suggestion that every piece of evidence tending to be discredit tending to discredit evolution confirms intelligent design. Jones found that intelligent design is intelligent design's irreducible complex complexity. Excuse me. <clears throat> I apologize. This is my voice a little bit. Jones found that the intelligent design irreducible complex complexity argument to be a negative argument against evolution, not proof of design. Finally, Jones concluded that the expert testimony offered by the defendants in support of intelligent design, tending relating to irreducible complexity, had been refuted in peer-reviewed research papers. And the decision of Judge Jones 
and Kitz Miller versus Dover in 2005 is also available online if you're interested in that in that trial. Conflicts between science and religion will not end anytime soon. Uh, in the future, legal conflicts between science and religion can be expected over theories such as the Big Bang, which also undermines fundamentalist beliefs about creation. So as you can see, uh, the United States, and not just the United States, but all over the world, there is a long-standing debate between uh, intelligent design and evolution in which theory is right or wrong. And so today we're going to discuss it because it's still very pertinent in, in our classrooms today. And so I have the article here from education.com, which gets us into the meat of what we're going to be talking about today, which is should evolution be taught in schools versus intelligent design? And this is a article by Bob Ross. <clears throat> should the idea of its existence have a place in science curricula throughout the country. It's one of the passionate debates in recent years and centers on the teaching of Darwin's theory of evolution in classrooms. In the past two years, both Texas and Louisiana have taken steps that allow science classes to consider other evolution theories. And state legislators in Florida, Missouri, and Mississippi are gearing up to consider some form of the debate surrounding inclusion of intelligent design in science classes, perhaps this year. If you want a refresher on the debate, here is what you need to know. Charles Darwin's theory of evolution proposed that all living things can be traced to the same microscopic organisms. This form of life changed and mutated over time with natural selection explaining the survival of the strongest of the species. Intelligent design, on the other hand, questions evolution as the answer for the creation of the universe because too many aspects of evolution cannot be explained by natural selection, arguing for an intelligent cause to instead logically account for the creation of all things. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. The battle over intelligent design reached courts in 2005 with the school board in Dover, Pennsylvania, when a district court judge struck down the statement endorsing intelligent design as violating the separation between church and state, and that's the court case we talked about earlier in the introduction. The issue cooled nationally over several years, but in Texas last year, and this was written in 2012. So in Texas in 2011, the State Board of Education voted to allow school districts to include critiques and analysis of scientific topics taught to students, which would pave the way for the mention of intelligent design. Two years ago, so in 2010, the Louisiana legislator, legislature passed the Louisiana Science Education Act, which mandated the Board of Education to assist teachers, principals, and other school administrators to create and foster critical thinking skills, logical analysis, and open, <laughs> excuse me, an objective discussion of scientific theories. A brief look at the case for intelligent design as laid out by Casey Luskin, a policy analysis for the Discovery Institute, a think tank in Seattle that has been a pro proponent of intelligent design. Other viewpoints about evolution should be introduced in school. This is not 
a debate about intelligent design versus evolution, and which is right and which is wrong, Luskin said. This is about whether students will learn about scientific criticisms of evolution in school. Number two, intelligent design is science. The main argument of evolution supports supporters is that intelligent design is merely religious content disguised as science but isn't supported by scientists. That's not true, says Luskin. In the Battle of Texas, intelligent design proponents introduced 100 articles of peer-reviewed work talking about intelligent design and a statement supporting intelligent design signed by more than 850 PhD students. So again, Luskin is um, making a case for intelligent design. Excluding intelligent design promotes bad science. Promotes bad science. While evolution supporters claim intelligent design has no scientific basis, Luskin said what is happening in most parts of the country is that scientific, the scientific method is being ignored. Part of the science, part of science is debate and asking hard questions. Luskin said, "The day we start asking hard questions, like criticisms of evolution, is the day science fails our society. Parents should be concerned that students are being misinformed and not taught to think like scientists." Why not teach both? Luskin says that he understands that many people disagree with his position, and that's fine. He says, I respect the fact that they disagree with me, and they think neo-Darwinism is the best explanation, and it should be taught in public schools. The difference between the two sides, he says, is that Darwin proponents don't want intelligent design even mentioned in school. Right. I also think students should learn about evidence that challenges Darwin. Intelligent design is not science. There's no credit no credible scientific body that's forced intelligent design because it is not a scientific theory. These are the latest steps in a long series of religiously motivated attacks on teaching on the teaching of evolution in public schools. Science class can and should be grounded by the rules of science and these are attempts to manufacture scientific controversy. I'm sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> The, concept, the Constitution pro forbids promoting religion in school. The Constitution bars public school teachers from advancing theology by presenting scientific disagreements where none legitimately exist. The establishment of these, um, sorry, from intelligent design is not a science onward is the support of evolution versus intelligent design. The Constitution forbids promoting religion in school situation bars public school teachers from advancing theology by presenting scientific disagreements where none legitimately exists, Mark said. The establishment clause sensibly forbids the government and especially public schools from taking sides in theological debates. Those who are not properly left to individual and families, not to bureaucrats and public school officials. Science is alive and well in school. Mark says that he does agree with Luskin on one point, true scientific Criticism should be taught in school, but he disagreed that intelligent design deserves even a mention in school because it's not religion or science. I apologize for that. I was hearing some buzzing on my end um, on my phone, so I just wanted to make sure that I could stop that. At least hopefully the audience wouldn't hear the same buzzing that I was hearing. So to conclude, the real argument here is religious freedom and not teaching freedom. While intelligent design proponents claim teachers are being muzzled in classes, Mark says that it's just an attempt to emotionalize the issue. The reason intelligent design isn't taught in classrooms is that students should not be bullied into believing an agenda presented by the teacher, principal, or school district. The government itself must steer clear of any religious endorsement. 
So here you see uh, a few different views as to why intelligent design should be taught and why pe- intelligent design shouldn't be taught. And so there are, there are good arguments for both. Um, but at the end of the day, I believe it's really up to the parent um, to teach your children to be open-minded, I believe. Um, there's going to be a lot of issues that your children are going to learn about that you may not necessarily agree with the way it's being taught. Um, for example, this is also <clears throat> an issue with sex education, which we're going to be discussing next week, um, that, you know, the, your, the, your public schools can only do so much at the end of the day. Their job is to try to present as much information as possible to students um, as accurately as possible. And unfortunately, it's not always easy to do that with certain topics like evolution and intelligent design because evolution and intelligent design are still very, not necessarily new topics, but topics that are very complex, uh, topics dealing with our origins, with how we evolved and how life began are obviously very, very complex because they really don't know in some cases um, how it necessarily happens. That's why it's evolutionary theory and intelligent design theory. The best that we can do, the best that schools can do, or and, and actually what we can do, as I said before, is to try to find as much evidence as we can for a certain theory that we believe to be true. And this has been evolution in many cases, of which we found a lot of information to support evolution um, versus intelligent design. But (laughs) even though personally I don't believe in intelligent design, I do believe in Liskin's point that you should be introduced to different ways of thinking because I do believe that makes you a better thinker, a better critical thinker, um, and a better scientist if you're interested in science because it makes you question the world around you. That's that's what science is. And there's really, you know, in science there's really no right answer. There's theories and laws, but there's theories and laws because they just haven't been disproven yet. But if they're disproven, then you start again from scratch. So it's a really amazing uh, field in that respect, but I definitely do believe that in science you do need to have an open mind, especially for topics like these, because there's just so much that we don't know, even for those in support of evolution um, versus intelligent design. And it's important to question all the evidence that we are given, but rationally, uh, to rationally question that and then decide for yourself what you believe at the end of the day especially when it comes to things like this. And for parents, I would just encourage, I think, um, the best thing that my parents did for me is that they they held off on expressing their opinions about religion um, and other things that are influential, like religion and politics, like their views. They held off on expressing to me until I was old enough to not be necessarily persuaded by them until I was old enough to take the opinions from my parents, from my teachers, from my friends, and decide for myself what I believed in religiously and politically and in other cases like that too. And I think that's the best thing that you can do for your child is to allow them many different views to become well-rounded 
to be exposed to different ways of thinking and allow them to decide for themselves what they believe is true and how they want to see the world. And that goes for everything. And I know that a lot of times it's hard for parents. Um, I know that is especially hard for my mom. She's very, very religious um, to to do that sometimes because perhaps you might be afraid that, you know, your your child may not be living their life or believing what you believe is best for them. But I think, you know, and I can't really tell you how to raise your children, but I'm just from my experience, experience that it was very helpful for my parents, very helpful for me um, as a child to grow up in an environment where I was taught to be open to different things and decide for myself what I wanted to believe in. Because when I decided for myself, I didn't feel guilty, I didn't feel pressured, and I felt like I had enough time and maturity to develop my own ways of thinking based off of other people's ways of thinking um, and establish my own beliefs about the world. And I, I think that it was really well for me. And so it's just my suggestion, but obviously, you know, parents will choose to raise their children how they want to raise their children. And it can work out very well. Um, in in both cases, but I just wanted to share that from my experience, especially as we come to talk about evolution and religion and and what's taught in schools. I know that a lot of times parents don't believe in what's taught in schools, and not even because of religion, just because of the way they're teaching it. Perhaps they're not satisfied, and I think that's why a lot of people choose to um, choose to homeschool their students. And so, this is just another topic to be to be um, aware of evolution versus intelligent design. And I think that if you're homeschooling your students, I definitely think you should introduce both topics. Again, let your student be open to multiple ways of thinking. Don't limit them. Don't limit their growth um, and understanding of the world. Teach them things that are controversial. Let them decide for themselves what they think is right, what they think is wrong, but definitely don't limit them to the possibilities. Teach them, teach them everything you can, and I think that's the best thing that you can do for your student. So I'm just going to close with that, and I've been rambling kind of on advice and things like that, and I know that I'm perhaps not the best one to be giving advice since I don't have a child of my own, obviously. Um, but I think it's, it's good sometimes for parents and adults to to hear people my age express what works best for them. Because I know when I'm an adult, I probably will be disattached from how I thought as an 18-year-old and not really remember how it felt to be 18 when I'm trying to have my own children and teach them and stuff. So I think it's very good to sometimes be reminded of what people think like at different age groups when you're an adult. And so that's what I want to wrap up with. Next week, we're going to be talking about a similar um, controversial topic, which is sex education in public schools. And that will be at the same time next week. Thank you again for listening. And also call in any time that you want, uh, 347-633-9225. We're hoping to have more guests and more opinions on the show. Um, you know, I'm hoping to hear more opinions other than just my own as well that, that would really benefit the audience, I think. And so don't be shy. Definitely call in. We'd love to have you. Um, and if your opinions are the same, great. If they're different, that's even better. We want, we want to hear from different sides because that helps us 
to grow and also helps the audience to be aware of different different views on different topics. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.